0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Keep the unity. Don't lose
1: the unity. What do you mean? Well, it's sad because in our spiritual pride and arrogance, thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought, We do the exact opposite, and in so doing, we divide and destroy said unity that we're told to keep instead.
0: This is In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Have you thought about how amazing it is that so many different personalities, cultures, and backgrounds can be united in the body of Christ? Today, Pastor J.D. encourages this unity. It warns us of the effects pride can have in leading to divisions within a church body. Look for ways you can build up the church with an attitude of humility. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 4 with part 2 of his message, Be Completely Humble. I
1: remember many years ago as a young Christian, I heard this taught this way. Take and put your name in the place of love. And see how far you get. I'll do this just, and you can put your name in there. But let's see how far I get. JD is patient. Right there, that's it. (laughs) He got me right at the first one. (laughs) I, I am so impatient. Humility is the fuel in the tank of patience. Humility is the fuel in the tank of love. And you can take that, And spread it out across the board. Applicable to every aspect of love. Well, our fourth and final one is in verse 3. And it's huge, actually. (laughs) It's that of humble people being united people. I want you to notice something in verse 3. It's not so easily seen at first read. But notice where Paul says... We're to make every effort to keep the unity. Why does he say that that way? He says, keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Why does he say keep it? Because we don't create unity in and of ourselves. The Holy Spirit does. However, we are to keep that unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The implication being that we have the potential to disrupt it and lose it, which is why Paul says, keep the unity. Don't lose the unity. What do you mean? Well, it's sad because... In our spiritual pride and arrogance, thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought, we do the exact opposite. And in so doing, we divide and destroy said unity that we're told to keep instead. James says it best and very bluntly. You got to love James. I mean, this is the half-brother of Jesus the Christ, born subsequently to Joseph and Mary. How would you like to grow up having your half-brother be perfect? (laughs) I mean, God incarnate is your half-brother. Are you kidding me? And and when you read the book of James, it, it really comes out. Because, I mean, he pulls no punches. I mean, he's just up in your grill (laughs) and says it like it is. And I love James. I kind of have a, I hate to say it this way, a love-hate relationship with James because it is so convicting. Listen to what he says in chapter 4. I want to read verse 1 and verses 5 and 6 so that you can be as convicted as I am. (laughs) You ready? Here it goes. Verse one, he asked this question. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Let me ask the same question this way. What causes the fights and the striving and the divisions amongst you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Selfish desires, self-seeking motives. Motives that are birthed out of thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. And by the way, please know that this is in the context of pride as we're going to see here in a moment. Verse 5, he asks rhetorically this question. Do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor or gives grace to the humble. One of the most dramatic pictures in my mind of my God is this. And it's pretty intense. It's this, this image that I have in my mind of God opposing me. <laughs> Resisting me. The proverb says he knows the proud from afar off. It says, Get away from me. I hate pride. I cannot even be in the same presence where there is pride. It is disgusting to me. Get away from me. Listen, I, I have a lot of things opposing me. The last person... <laughs> that I want opposing me is God himself. But he opposes me when I'm proud. He's He's against me. (laughs) When I'm harboring an attitude of pride, he's against me. He's not for me. He opposes me. And if that weren't bad enough, he's far off from me. He's so distant from me, And conversely, when I'm humble, oh, wouldn't the opposite, wouldn't it stand to reason that the opposite would be true? So instead of opposing me, now he's for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Right? And if I'm being humble, and if it's the opposite of knowing me from afar when I'm proud, does that mean that he's near to me? Close with me? Absolutely. Charles Spurgeon said it this way We want unity in the truth of God through the Spirit of God. This let us seek after. Let us live near to Christ, for this is the best way of promoting unity and then he says this and I want you to listen very carefully divisions in churches never begin with those full of love for the Savior wow can we take that template again and superimpose it on the life of a church Would it be fair to say that if you were to somehow, some way, be able to remove the component of pride from a church, you would have no church conflict? I say yes. When there's conflict in the church, when there's divisions in the church, when there's fighting and striving in the church, it's because of pride. That's the cause. That's the source. That's why if you could extract the pride. (laughs) And by the way, (laughs) you know that proverb that says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Um, You want to hear what that proverb is in the JDV. In my life, it goes like this. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord before he does it for you. Ooh. When God humbles you? You know, it's interesting to note, and I'll just uh, mention this as a side note. Humility comes from the same idea, carries with it the same idea of humiliate. And We're going to see that here in just a moment at the conclusion of our time. I suppose it should come as no surprise that in verses 4 through 6, Paul would then say there's one body and one spirit. This because we're called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, speaking of the water baptism, one God and Father of all, over all, through all, and in all. What's Paul saying? What Paul is saying is that In light of this, there is unity in diversity, which, by the way, just so happens to be where we get our word university. Unity in diversity. I mean, I'm I'm looking out at all of you in this beautiful church. And by the way, you all look marvelous. And I'm looking at the diversity. We have people from all walks of life. And all nationalities. I mean, really quite diverse, wouldn't you say? Hawaiian and, I mean, Chinese, Japanese, everything. You even got an Arab in this church. (laughs) How's that for diversity? (laughs) But yet we're one. That's unity in diversity as one in Christ, only God can do that. The question is: Are we going to keep that? Do we want to keep that? One of the things that I'm learning, I don't, I don't say I've learned it like I've arrived. <laughs> no, no, I've been walking with the Lord for over 35, actually 36 years now, and. One of the things I'm learning is that I'm still learning. And one of the things that I'm still learning is that I'm never more like Jesus than when I'm humble. I am never more Christ like than when I'm humble. Now, conversely, I have to flip it around to the other side too. I'm never more like the devil than when I'm proud. This is why it is, by the way, I'm convinced that humility is so attractive and pride so repulsive. You know what is striking to me in the Gospels? Is that little children would flock to Jesus. You know what that tells me? He was approachable. He wasn't intimidating. He was welcoming. He was meek, not weak, meek. Children were attracted to him so much so that the disciples on this one particular occasion rebuke, get out, get out of here, kids, go play on the freeway, you know, kind of thing, right? <laughs> that, was, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? And, wh- and what does Jesus do? He, he <laughs> Pray for me. It's a gift. <laughs> but I, I always ask the Lord to give me better illustrations. So <laughs> I'm playing the freeway. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to lose my train of thought here. So stay with me. So what does Jesus do? He, he turns to them and he rebukes them. Don't forbid the children to come to me. Don't you realize that the kingdom of heaven is made up of such as these? And oh, by the way, did he not also say that if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to become like a little child? Wow. You ever think about this? That God himself is humble. No, no, think about that. This is the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, yet he's humble. Wow. And by the way, isn't the whole purpose to which we are called, which is what the Apostle Paul is talking about here? Isn't the whole purpose to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ? You know what that means, right? That if we're going to be like Jesus, then that means that we need to be more humble like Jesus. This is why The scriptures are replete with passage after passage, particularly in the book of Proverbs, that contrast pride with humility. I I call them the contrasting Proverbs. And what's interesting about the contrasting Proverbs is wickedness is contrasted with righteousness. And you know how it is with a contrast. Contrast, it's more stark, The blacker the backdrop, the more stark and bright and brilliant is that which is contrasted with it. And that's why the the proverbs, the contrasting proverbs to me are so powerful and profound. Let me just share with you two in closing. The first is in Proverbs 11, verse 2, which says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, shame, shame, how about this humiliation humiliation, but with humility comes wisdom I was um, I think it was Thursday night in our study in the book of Job where job is just I mean crying out and pleading his case against his three so-called friends that have accused him of everything under the sun from having secret, unconfessed sin, to being a hypocrite, to robbing widows and fatherless. And I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And in his own defense of his own innocence, he says, I, I didn't even desire the destruction of my enemies. And it hit me. Be, and, and actually, it was when I was uh, asked to do the invocation at the state capitol, for the House of Representatives, which was a great honor. And so I had three minutes to share and then, you know, have, have a prayer, opening prayer. Three minutes. <laughs> that was a trial, just that alone. Three minutes. So anyway, I'm, I'm on my face. Oh God, what am, what am I gonna, I got three minutes? What am I gonna say and how am I gonna pray? And the Lord just directed my heart to one of my favorite accounts in all of the Bible. I know I say that about all of the accounts in all of the Bible, but this one particularly, (laughs) at least for that time anyway, where, and you'll remember this, when Solomon takes the throne as king, he's in his 20s, it's believed, and God appears to him and says to him, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. And here's what he asks for. And it's very interesting. And, it's, and you can almost miss it. But he says, he humbles himself and says of himself, I don't have a clue what to do. I don't even know how to walk up to the throne. I don't know how to step down and walk away from the throne. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a clue what to do. I need wisdom. And what does God say? You know, Solomon, since I did this all in three minutes, by the way, I'm giving the longer version here, just bear with me. (laughs) But Solomon, because you didn't ask for wealth, and then he says this, because you didn't ask for the demise or the destruction of your enemies, I'm going to make you the wealthiest and wisest man who ever lived in the history of the world, and he did. What's the point? The point is that wisdom, like Proverbs eleven two, came vis a vis humility. How did he get that wisdom? And you, you know, the first display of this supernatural wisdom: two prostitutes are brought before Solomon. I'm sharing this again within three minutes. And when I said two prostitutes, man, everybody stopped texting and uh, paid attention. <laughs> but two prostitutes bring... I didn't mean anything by that. I'm just saying that that's... Wow, there we, there we go again. But so they, they are brought before Solomon. And now <laughs> they both have a baby boy. And during... One particular night, one of the boys dies. It seems that the mom, you know, laid on him and uh, suffocated him and he died. So what does she do? She takes her dead baby boy and she goes and she switches it with the other prostitute's boy so that when she wakes up, she realizes, wait a minute, my son's dead. Wait, that's not my son. And she knows that it's the other mom who's saying, no, no, your son died, not mine so now who's telling the truth so these two prostitutes are brought before Solomon and here's what Solomon does he says bring me a sword cut that baby in half you give one half to the one mom and one half to the other mom and to the horror of the real mom she protests no 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 don't do that give her the baby boy spare his life it's interesting because the other prostitute said fine kill him Split them in half. That's fine with me. Solomon said, there's the mom. What wisdom? Where, Where does that wisdom come from? That's the wisdom that comes from God. How do I get that wisdom from God? Be completely humble. Humility brings wisdom. That same wisdom that was given to Solomon is available for you and I. Read James again about the wisdom that comes from above. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give it to you liberally, generously. He won't even withhold any of that wisdom. All you have to do is ask. It's there for the asking. Lastly, Proverbs 29, verse 23. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor let me say lastly that the way up is the way down you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord he'll lift you up you exalt yourself in the sight of the Lord he'll take you down Um, you'll forgive me but that's a no brainer that's a no brainer be completely humble
0: We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices, too, so you can take Pastor JD's teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor JD updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaniohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at Inspiritintruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. Pastor JD will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again, right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio. Holy me